Hello friends, it's Josh Horowitz, which means you're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused, my very own podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in as always, guys. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. It's fun. Take a dip. You'll enjoy it. The water's warm. Uh, this week's guest is the delightful Julian Anderson. Uh, of course, best known for The X-Files. Truly a classic show. A show that holds up. A show that made a huge impact to me growing up. Uh, I watched virtually every episode and was definitely a huge, huge fan uh, back in the day. And it was such a delight to get a chance to interview Jillian for the very first time, for an extended time. She was in New York uh, hyping up her new book, which is her debut book, I should say. It's called The Vision of Fire. It's the first of what will probably be a series of books. And yes, it does have some X-File-ish uh, vibes to it. Uh, we talk a little bit about the uh, the storyline of the book in this, as well as a great many other things. Jillian is just coming off of a very successful run um, in the West End of London on the stage um, in Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, for those that don't know, Jillian actually... Uh, kind of splits her time between the states and england uh raised partially in both places uh she has kind of lived a uh a, a dual life in some respects and has done a lot of stage work and this this recent performance on the stage apparently was huge uh, she says she's hoping to perhaps bring it to um the u.s soon so that's something to look forward to uh as is a great many things. She's also on Hannibal, uh, the next season of Hannibal. She's going to be back. Um, and, of course, she's in um, the show uh, The Fall, which I'm new to, but um, really dark, really creepy. It's on Netflix. Uh, there's a second season that's already been shot, um, but very well regarded and uh, justifiably so. Uh, she's awesome in it. And Jillian it was a, a great delight to talk to. Um, as I said, we'd never gotten a chance to speak before, but um, she... Uh, she certainly has a great perspective on her own career. Um, she's got, she's opinionated. She's funny. Uh, she's quick. She's all the things you want in a great uh, conversation. So I'm delighted to be able to share this one with you uh, uh, this week, guys. Uh, without any further ado, I'll uh, just throw it over to the Jillian. But as, as always, I should tell you guys that um, I am on Twitter. You know the drill. Tell me what you're thinking. Who do you want to hear? Joshua Horowitz is my Twitter handle. And of course, please, this is really important. Review, rate, subscribe on iTunes to Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, the guests we've got coming up are awesome. I'm so thrilled with, with them. And uh, I should mention there's some really cool news for the podcast coming up in just a couple weeks that um, listeners to the show um, I think will be excited about. I'm certainly excited about it. It's just going to bring a whole bigger new audience to the show. Um, so, as I said, without any further ado, here is uh, the awesome... Hear those sirens? There are always sirens in New York. Or always when I'm recording my introduction. But that gives you the flavor of New York City. So enjoy the sirens, and more importantly, enjoy this conversation with Jillian Anderson. They're coming for me. Help. Let, let's just sweet dive in. Yeah. Oh, we are? Have we already started? It's happening. Okay, okay. Don't you feel it? Um, it's nice to meet you. Usually, uh, for the podcast, I get to like you know rekindle long-standing relationships, but this is this is one where we're coming in fresh, Jillian. I can't believe this. You. This is unbelievable. Um, and uh, congratulations on the book. Thank you very all. much. Um, a Vision of Fire, despite the title, is not a, a comedy. It's not um, a laugh riot. I started it last night. It's a little bit funny. It is. It is, but it starts. In, that was a joke. <laughs> you're, but, you're very kind. But it starts in a very chilling kind of way. 
first few pages. It sets the scene in a very disturbing Yes, that's good. The prologue is, uh, yeah. yes. Um, Gripping. And, and you're also, so I want to cover that, but yeah, okay. I also want to congratulate you on your crazy theater run that just ended. Which Thank you. You didn't happen to see the NT Live version of it, did you? No, I was going to ask you about that. Is there, they're still showing encore performances around the world, and, and I think even in New York, people might still be able to catch. Nice. One, yeah. So this is extraordinary. Car. Yeah, huge. They're 42 countries. More, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the the run was I mean the reviews were amazing from what I heard and was this was this was this like a part that was like on the list like okay at one point I'm gonna you got to do Blanche it's one of those things or was it it, w it was kind of the only thing that's ever been on the list wow. since I was really little and I didn't actually know why until I started to work on it um, um, and and also then I discovered um, which I'd completely forgotten that I had done a monologue when I was a teenager from the play and had forgotten and entered a forensics competition which doesn't have anything to do with like <laughs> dead bodies which is was surprising to me oh. when I was re-remembering it but um so I uh yes and so I guess it must have been about that time when okay. I was maybe 16 that I decided that I had some affinity with Blanche and um it had just been the thing that I'd always wanted to do. And y you could probably find about 100 interviews where people have said, so if you wouldn't do more theater, what That's would you do? One, and yeah. I would bring it up. And so, um, and so it manifested. I mean, I was involved in the manifestation. I've been talking about it for such a long time and, and then discovered a, a, a particular director that I um, was really keen on doing it with and we started that conversation and tried to find a theater and um, mm. and ended up doing it at the Young Vic, which um, is the, the equivalent of an, an off-Broadway house uh, in London and probably um, the best place we could have done it. Um, so is, that a is it a huge space? Or no, is it it's it's it is a large space. It's um, relatively small in terms of um, um, the seat capacity, but we were doing it in the round, which I'd always wanted to do, but also the added... Um, uh, bonus of a revolving stage, and so that also meant that the the trajectory of the revolve needs a certain amount of space. Sure. And so, in talking about bringing it to New York, which we are in discussion about, we need to find a space um, that would potentially hold the revolve, which Got is it. no mean feat. Would it be? Um, um, say, I mean, you have Ben Foster in there too, who must have been. I, I know. Can only imagine his Extraordinary, must have been. unbelievable, unbelievable. And Vanessa Kirby, um, who's f played Stella and is exceptional, and it was really a dream come true in so many ways and the most extraordinary um, uh, work experience I think I have ever had and I'm still, it still hasn't hit me that it's yeah. over yet. It wasn't that long ago, our last show was on the 19th of September and I've been running ever since and um, at some point I'm just gonna have, ha have to have a little cry about it and then well, at um, least you, it sounds like you're gonna get another shot at this in over here well we hope so hope yeah. so hope so and there's also that i mean the the uh, nc live version that they do so apparent i haven't seen it but apparently the way that they shot it was um was um exceptional so what do you do the moment or day after you do you finish a run like that that is that it sounds like one of those a handful that is transformative for yeah. where that's well, a it was, the, it was the first full weekend that I got to have with my kids because I was doing uh, sometimes Saturday, mat Saturday matinees and Saturday evening performances. And so that's what I was doing. I was doing Lego, and I was in the park. And I w No, actually, you know what? We ended up at a, f at a carnival and having breakfast out and probably Indian food in the evening and basically filled the day with as many things that we hadn't to done to distract <laughs> me from the fact that the show was over and I wasn't playing Blanche again. Um, yeah. 
of course, you're you're in town promoting this book, which I don't know is it available yet? Can people buy it? It is out. Great, cool. As of today, there we go. Um, so, how did this one come about? Because I can only imagine that for years you've been offered the opportunity to do different kinds of books, whether it's a memoir, whether it's something in this genre, thanks to X-Files, which obviously you have some cachet in. Um, was this something that was thought about for a while, something that just kind of came up, or what? Um, wasn't thought about for a while. I was, um, uh, Jeff and I share the same entertainment lawyer in Los Angeles, and he uh, called one day and said, you know, some people are doing these kind of things sometimes, <laughs> and um, Maybe you might want to think about the uh, the realm of science fiction, and and um, at first I kind of hedged and hawed about it a bit, and then um, he put Jeff and I in touch on the phone, and then I was in New York, and we ended up meeting, and we just started a conversation about what it might possibly look like were we to go down this path, Got and um, and I realized that actually it could be um, fun, and that I had ideas, and certainly Jeff has, a, you know, he is a, um, a best-selling science fiction author in his own right, and is the holder of all information that exists on science fiction ever since That's day a good one. Resource to have. And um, <laughs> so, um, uh, and he has a most extraordinary assistant, um, Claire. And between the two of them, they were kind of the, the holders of the facts, right. and. Um, um, and because of the nature of the work that I've been doing over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of commuting between London, where I live, and various cities, and so I had a lot of time on airplanes, and so he would right. um, uh, prep a chapter, and then I would dive in while I was on a plane and send it to him when I landed, and then we go back Got and it. forth in that way. And that's um, um, So that's, um, that's kind of how it began, and there was a, a weekend last year when out of the blue I'd, I'd, I knew that something was going to transpire over this weekend in regards to potentially maybe selling the book the idea to a publisher and this little mini bidding war started to take place and I was in um, Chicago or Michigan I think at the time and, and um, kept getting phone calls and talking to publishers <laughs> like wow this is it's actually taking place like this is actually happening in real time in my life today, yeah. and um, it, that's it's kind of gone from there. It's got to be a special thrill in a in a career with a lot of fun, different weird highs to get just get get a book with your name on it, like to get get that over the bookshelf. That's fun. It is really fun. Yes, it's extremely fun. I mean, I I th there's part of me that feels like that it it's that if it was, I I guess because I've always had in my mind an idea that. I wouldn't write until I was in my 60s or 70s, mm -hmm. and um, not that I'd write the great American novel, but that it would, uh, you know, that it um, that um, it would become a part of my identity right. in terms of what I do in my life as we identify ourselves and the sure. things that we do in modern society, um, and. Um, it, the fact that it's happening now, somehow my brain won't grasp it. It can't right. really hang on to it um, yet because it wasn't supposed to happen now. And well, it's interesting how I just how I negotiate with this. Even when I, you know, doing interviews around it right now, and and uh, I, I'm, it doesn't really feel like it's me necessarily that's right. talking about. Well, it's it. Also, I would guess probably like a reverence for the written word that you. I'm sure you'd share with me that where it's like. Should I, do I deserve to be in that company yet? Yeah, like, am, am, I, am I ready to be there? Like yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Right. And, and so I think part of my brain is is 
is um, not not dismissing it because I take it very very seriously, but afraid that if I if I give it too much weight, that somehow um, I'll be I'll sabotage it or it'll backfire or it will or something. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, th- but it is going to be. It sounds uh, from the title and the subtitle. It sounds like this is a series because it's. Well, yeah, yes, it is. Sort of? No, it's it's. Uh, this is um, the first book in a trilogy right now. Co- well, the, the whole the, the whole series is called the Earth End Saga, and right now Simon and Schuster has signed on to the first three, but we have ideas that extend um, upwards of there, and um, and also there are many other options. Uh, originally, when I got involved, the only way I could really get into it was to create a character that I could potentially play. Right. And um, so that was m- my um, uh, desire as well to have it be as um, potentially filmic as it could possibly be, um, which I, I believe that it is. Um, and um, but also that it had a um, and and Jeff is adamant about this as well that it has a social conscience. Right. Now, judging from the title of the the Earth End si- Cycle the Saga Saga, saga, saga. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to end well for us. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being a stab in the dark here. <laughs> Well, that might not be us. That it doesn't Pregnant end well pause. for. That's <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Is that is that saying too much? I don't know. But no, it's yes, it is. We're it just, is. Sorry. We're just it might not end so well for some people. Okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So uh, did you find that the, having this co-writer who obviously has this pedigree was the mm-hmm. right kind of like dipping your toe in the water and getting and making yourself feel comfortable in this particular world too. Yes. It sounds like sci-fi wasn't necessarily something that you gravitated towards before. No, no, it's it's work. not and I I have huge uh, appreciation for it and and am a a massive um uh fan of sci-fi in the cinematic realm um and and don't know as much in terms of literature and that's right. really where where uh where Jeff is an expert. So what are the what are the sci-fi film touchstones? We can talk that. Well, I think for me, because it was such a big film in my life, um, um, was um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I'm I'm literally chomping at the bit to to show it to my kids because I have a a six and an eight year old, and um, they there there are certain things that they like they. Kids today can watch all of Star Wars, literally can watch every last, and there are now comic shows and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, endless. Endless, endless, endless. And nothing in it gives them nightmares for some reason, even Darth Maul. And are you kidding me? But somehow, you know, Harry Potter is not quite, they're not quite there yet. That's too right. scary. And there are certain aspects of other sci-fi, even part of E.T., there was something I tried really hard to, yeah. and they liked it. It's a little more... For some reason, Close Encounters of the Third Kind will never be dated. There's something You're about right. it that will never, ever be dated, whereas some other sci-fi films feel very... I was thinking about the original Time Machine. Mm-hmm. got very excited about exposing them to that. And then even in the trailer, I was thinking, no, this is not a problem. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> one, that probably doesn't hold up in the same way. No, not, not <laughs> even, not even. But just some of the... Disc- there's, you know, there's a lot of... There, there's a lot of sex in it somehow. In the time machine? <laughs> yes. Well, I there's, don't remember there's that. There's <laughs> amorousness. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, right. flirtation and and kind of lying down into the long grass okay. and <laughs> all that. You know, it's very. Uh, yeah, I forgot that bit. Sex. There's a lot of creepy obsession and it's it's, a, it's kind of a haunting film because I remember mm. seeing that pretty early on. Between that and like Spielberg, uh, also haunted me with Jaws, which I saw way too young, and it was 
Helps us down in the corner, helps us down in the corner. Choking. And he's going to make it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Okay. You guys all picked right. up about close encounters. I do. Um, but I feel like there's something almost, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I can't relate on that level, but like, I almost appreciated seeing things maybe like a year or two, probably too early for myself. Like, it kind right, of, it sure. kind of, it was an eye opener, and there's yeah. something, you want to hit that sweet spot, I would yeah. think, as a parent. I think you do want to hit that sweet spot, but it's also, um, there's a lot of inappropriate stuff out there. there, there, there was stuff, I mean, even just, you know, my, my kids for a long time have been very excited about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sure. coming out, and then we saw the trailer, and it was like, no, not even the trailer! <laughs> what? Are you kidding? They've got machine guns on there about whatever it is. Fun for the whole family. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. No, th there's quite a lot. There's, um, we, we've gone into a whole other realm of, um, of, I think we're so we're so used to in contemporary society seeing things that even you know uh, ten years ago would have seemed inappropriate that right. have now become acceptable the norm. Yep. The norm. And um, I feel like it's important to be um, uh, just mindful of what is is an t too much information for young minds to sure. take in. As much as I'm literally dying, yeah, yeah. itching to to share things with them. Um, it, it does, you know, it can really distract them. It can distract them, um, you know, not just in nightmares, but even at school and when they're thinking about, you know, it just, it's, it's a lot of information for them, their it little minds to take in. When you read about you, if you believe the folklore of the growing up of Gillian mm. Anderson, yeah, I, yeah. you were, had a rebellious streak, mm. fair to say. Mm -hmm. like, do, do, are you finding that in your, in your own kids that they share at similar ages kind of like a tendency to... Well, the, the young ones are too. Right. The, the, the young ones are too young. My, my daughter, who just turned twenty, um, the other day, um, did, I don't know. She hasn't. I, I'm still waiting for that to hit because I I sent my parents through such a um, <laughs> such a, uh, a long journey, um, and um, I have always assumed that I would be paid back in spades. But <laughs> she is um, she has a very good head on her shoulders, and and there are piercings, and there is a tattoo, and there will be more. But that is really kind of the extent of the of the rebelliousness. It hasn't um, um, it hasn't gone into other areas that right. I um, yeah. And b and because of your own history, were you more chill with that sort of thing than maybe other parents? You think, or was it still instinctually? I mean, like in terms of like just ta tattoos. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm pr probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If that's the worst, I'll take it. I, if that's the worst, I'll take it. But also, it doesn't. It it does not bother me um, at all. I mean, I have tattoos and I have piercings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Another <laughs> pregnant pause. Is that plural? No, <laughs> 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 remember, it's why I have more than one. Take inventory. Piercing. You need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so so uh, dare I say that I'm proud of her? Not not that so much in that area, but just pleased that she um, feels comfortable enough to express herself yeah. in whatever way she sees fit. It's not hurting anybody. Right. You, you were talking a little bit about sort of, yeah, like the new norm for, for kids, and I would think the way to reconcile something like, because I, I, I frankly just came into the fall over the weekend mm -hmm. when I found out that I was talking to you, watched the first two episodes, which I very much enjoyed. Thank you. Uh, and I know the second season is going to start pretty soon, mm -hmm. right? Um, obviously, really intense subject matter, and but it's not I guess the way to reconcile it is it's not a kid's show. It's not meant for that, right? So you have no problem with violence or whatever if it's in the right context and it's for it's not exploitative, et cetera. Well, that's I what I, I mean. I feel very strongly about that in the fall. It's a big conversation that's being had, especially in, in, in England, about um, 
the, the the nature of the uh, the nature of the violence against women and and what a fine line that a writer walks down and certainly Alan in this instance of 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 showing the fact of violence against women without uh, making it gratuitous right. or how do you point to something without participating um, in it or um, 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 especially the big conversation with Jamie Dornan being in it and him being as attractive as he is is, uh, is it romanticized in some way or, is, or you know um, and I think that you know one of the many things that Alan does extremely well is he he walks that line and yeah. it is um, and I think that um, the, the the series is about um, ultimately about uh, well it's about many things but about human nature and 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 as human beings how we compartmentalize have the capacity to compartmentalize things all of us right. and um, and the difference between people who fantasize about doing um, violent things and those who actually um, act it out sure. and how far are any of us from that and how do you measure that, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's, um, but I feel like it's a really, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the through line, the, the through stories are, you know, there are babies being born and there are um, um, uh, teenagers going through, um, um, Teenagerhood or <laughs> ad ad adolescence and 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 negotiating um, those very delicate years, um, uh, and I think you see very you know varying stages of the human life cycle mm -hmm. and its delicacy and um, and I think that's one of the things about the fall that affects people on a subconscious level, um, and um, and ha the impact is. Therefore, stronger because there can be there is a great deal of identification in many different areas. Are you are you a producer on that show as, as well now? Uh, yeah. Yes. So is that important to you? Because obviously you talked a little bit about the book and and wanting to create also, frankly, a potential vehicle for yourself in, in a film form or whatever um, to be more hands on in the creative process and to kind of help steer your career in a more concrete way. Hmm. Um, yes. Um, with, with something like the fall, I think um, I felt very strong about the series from the beginning and um, uh, became involved in um, in uh, certain decisions early on um, and wanted my input to be um, to to continue and continue to be um, uh, respected and taken on board and that certainly has been my experience with it from the beginning um, but to 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 have input and to be able to speak up and and I, I have a tendency to be um, quite opinionated anyway so it's nice to be excused in that process right right you it's know. formalized so it's yes like yes it's, it's okay it's not it. just yeah. no I'm not, it's just <laughs> not Yoko Ono <laughs> 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 you know so were you you say opinionated like obviously like for what twenty plus years what we're talking for X Files mm -hmm. now in the early days of that yeah did you feel comfortable speaking up um. I, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I completely stayed away from uh, any 
creative involvement whatsoever. And granted, I was very young, and and but it just it never even occurred to me. In the same way that it started to occur to David that he would be interested in um, uh, in discussing storyline or contributing to ideas about the arc of his character, and then eventually to write and to direct. Right. And I did end up writing and directing an episode, but it was it was uh, only after people to started to say, "Oh, well, David's doing it. Have you thought about it?" And uh, but I don't know why because. That is actually an area that I am very interested in and active in, but for some reason in that series I kind of stayed hands off. That there were there were pl- plenty of minds sure. that were already on that path trying to figure it out, and um, and they were doing a good job of it. I guess I got some headlines recently. Maybe it was your comments or what, but about the the, the pay disparity that was brought up way back when. Was that something that was? I can't even remember myself when this was happening was that like a public thing did people know that there was this disparity between what you guys were making and did it um i think there was it's interesting because i always battle with talking about it because it's it does feel like it's something that is so in the past but then when i think about it i think oh my gosh um that wasn't that long ago um but the 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 fact of the matter was is that i was coming from having no experience whatsoever and david was coming from just having done california with brad pitt and angelina jolie no uh juliet lewis Lewis, right And um, um, that was a mistake. <laughs> and uh, not yet, we'll not yet. Later, yeah, 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 a few years later. <laughs> um, and um, and so it, it was quite. A, it was a big decision at a momentous time in his career to right. decide to do television, and he was paid for that. And I, I I understood that at the time, but I think, you know, even going into the second season, it was it was starting to get clearer and clearer that we were. Um, you know, uh, on the same path, doing the same sure. amount of work, and um, and uh, had this similar fan bases, which is a lot of what they measure that on is your TVQ and all that kind of stuff. And so, it became important to take a stand about it. It must have. I mean, was was there a sense of like almost like a bunker mentality where like you were at least going through this process with David? I mean, you mentioned he had more experience; he had been through some bigger films, but still, obviously, what the phenomenon that emerged within the first couple of years was pretty remarkable and mm-hmm. unprecedented mm. at the time. Um, did it help to kind of have him there too and to kind of like, are you getting this too? Are you going through this too? Is this weird? No. Um, not really. No, no, not really. <laughs> we talk about the fact that it's crazy that we didn't and that we didn't take advantage of the fact that we had each other. But it was it was complicated. These were long hours that we were working. Yeah. And and we spent more time in each other's presence than we did in uh, w- with our you know spouses and children, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, um, but also, you know, I think we pissed each other off. Um, quite too frankly. strong-willed people, too. Yeah, too. St- and and I, I have no doubt that you know after they're waiting, you know, we're, we're going to roll, and somebody else has to come in and redo my lips and all that right. kind of stuff, and everything that happens. So <laughs> it's the difference between. Um, um, the maintenance for gals and guys, and especially, you know, you're shooting in all weather. You know, we never shut down except for one day for weather in the entire show, eat up, shooting up in Vancouver through rain, sleet, ha- everything. And my hair would frizz up to here. So in between <laughs> takes, literally, they'd have to get the blow dryer out and, you know, under the tent, and we'd be waiting for Jillian's hair to, so we could do another take, and it wouldn't look like I'd already done that walk. You know, right. that's... that's it adds up. You, it adds <laughs> up. Exactly. It adds up. So I, you know, and and I'm sure th- there were plenty of things that, that he did that pissed me. I just wasn't, you know, but on the other hand, um, now we get to talk about that. And, 
and we're probably closer than we ever have been. The, um, it, it, not to mention, obviously, it was a different environment for television where you were probably making, what, 24 episodes or something a year, none of this luxurious five or ten episode thing. 24 episodes <laughs> a year. Can you imagine? Vancouver. I would have a heart attack. I think I don't have the stamina for that. I mean, I... You know, the, the streetcar was three and a half hours long, and, you know, you did matinee, so that's seven hours on stage, and, you know, she has a, a nervous breakdown uh, through the process of the play, but still put me on a set for 17 hours or whatever doing that, and on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm not sure I could there must hold be, up. There must be, like, no end in sight. That's, you know, I mean, it's like months and months oh and months God, and months. Oh, my God, let me tell you, there were, yeah, you're right. There were, I mean, the, 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 there were there were stepping stones along the way. There, there were, Little there breaks were, or something? Yeah, or? breaks. No, 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 just in terms of, you know, one of the funny scripts would come along. Got it, and yeah, so yeah. we would be like, oh, thank God, we can, you know, have fun and have a laugh. Or, we, you know, we probably had, had more days off individually after we moved the show to California right. than we had um, in the first season, than we had collectively through the whole five seasons up in Vancouver. It just, because it was mostly just the two of us, and then they threw Skinner in, and then, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. What, uh, and, and also, not to mention what people have discovered is you, if you concentrate on five or ten episodes, I mean, you can create something that, like, you have more time to get it right, and, you know, I, I mean, when you look back at, like, the volume, which was, I don't even know how many episodes you guys had. 201. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Got that up there forever. I was just right. I was doing some online answers to some stuff today, and I was like, "Hang on, that's the equivalent of a hundred films." That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that's insane. What were they thinking? So, what percent yes. are you are you proud of? Do you think you? I mean, I think the percentage for a show of that type is mm. pretty remarkable. But like, what, what like what was the ratio of great to decent to? Oh, episode. Awful? Oh, yeah. I have no idea. I ha I have no no idea. <laughs> I, I really don't. I there there, there are. I mean, I, I know nothing. Yeah. I, I have no memory <laughs> of any. I mean, if you did a, a pop quiz with me I about, won't. no, don't, because I, I would, I'd probably fail. <laughs> I, I remember nothing. But, but I can tell you, there are some doozers in there. Yeah. <laughs> Were you surprised by uh, Vince's later success with Breaking Bad? Did you watch Breaking Bad? Definitely not surprised. Um, um, he was uh, always one of our top um, writers. Um, and uh, I think, am I remembering this correctly? <laughs> it's a joke. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, only because I read it recently. But one of the first episodes, maybe even the first episode that he did with us was with Brian Cranston. Uh, that's right, yeah. Uh, um, at the Wheel of God. Um, but I, my sister got his first ever autograph, Vince Gilligan. She was visiting uh, filming and she asked Vince Gilligan <laughs> for his autograph, and he said taste. to her, this is my first ever <laughs> autograph, and she still has it. Your sister could make some She could make some dope. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Anybody out there who's interested <laughs> in paying good money for this, the first I'm sure she could appreciate. <laughs> she has the memories so now, but now she can get the cash. <laughs> yeah. It's the best of all possible worlds. Um, my mind was blown a year or two ago, and I'm sure this is not a very interesting topic for you, I'm sure, <laughs> but it is for me. In that I, I heard an interview with you, I think on another podcast, uh, I think it was the Empire one, which I love, um, and your accent was totally different than the mm. one I'm th that I'm listening to today, mm. and it's just, it just is such a, I don't know, it, it, it breaks my brain down. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it work for you? Does it, are you consciously now speaking in a certain no, way, it's or not. is it like, geo what, what's going on? It, it it's, it happens when I have an accent in my ear. And because I 
grew up in the UK. I mean, the, the only thing that, that was different between me being British and not being British is the fact that I wasn't born there. I literally grew up as a British child. Right. And somebody recently um, wrote, he was a, um, a dialect um, expert mm -hmm. in Northern England, wrote a paper about it and the fact that if I had left, because of the fact that I left at 11 and a half, if I had left later, it would have been much more difficult for me to lose it. And when I would, other than the fact that I'm a trained actor and I would have right. trained it out of myself, but I would be more likely to have maintained a, an, an, a British accent. And vice versa, if I had left sooner, I probably would have left it and wouldn't slide back so readily when I am living in the UK. But it's, it's near to impossible for me to maintain an American accent while I'm living there. And um, um, I, I have tried at various points as a test for myself. Mm. And I sound like a jerk. I sound like a, a Euro trash. It just, I, because I can't, if I'm relaxed and I'm just being myself, it, uh, it, it just go, it, that's just where it sits. That's Got where it. I live. That is how I grew up. I grew up as a British child and it falls into that rhythm. Right. And, um, and yet it's impossible for me to keep it when I'm over here and I wouldn't want to. Sure. Do you but, prefer uh, like the sound of your own voice in one <laughs> accent versus another? What's like when you hear yourself in your own brain? Are you hearing? I mean, you know what I mean. No, I don't know. yeah, I know. Like, like, do I dream in French? I guess. Do I yeah, that's silly question. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> do you dream in British or dream <laughs> in American? Um, no, I don't. I I don't know There's both. No, it's yeah. really both. It's it's um, yeah. I, I understand why it's hard for people, but I, I really don't know what more to say about it because it's just <laughs> it, it is what it is. I I've don't. Got Fifteen more questions. Okay, okay, sorry. During the X Files, uh, you, um, you, she's got the Inception totem. Be careful, sorry, people. Sorry, I just have just to. Well, it's reality. It's, it's not reality. I don't know. Um, film work during yes, uh, yes. X Files was it was it a priority for you? Was it difficult for you to find stuff that was rewarding that fit into again? You're making nine months of the year I would think you're doing X-Files yeah. but I remember House of Mirth was a, a wonderful yeah. success for you at the yeah. time um, was it something that was very much on your m mind and difficult to kind of um, it, it was very much on my mind and 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 very difficult to squeeze in um, and, and also I think at the time um, I, I didn't have a publicist for a very long time and it wasn't of interest to me and I didn't I, I wasn't aware of or did I investigate what that might equate to in right. my life and so in you know years later when I finally hired one um, I, they, they said to me you know if you had had one what we had would have been doing would be to separate you from Scully in the interviews that we did right. and to make sure that people were aware of the fact that you were a different person than that character right. and you had different talents, et cetera, and we would have been pushing you towards, you know, and that, and, and, and I, I think that's, that's probably quite accurate. And yeah. so, so it, it, it was quite a hard fight to find things where people went, yeah, but she, what would you mean something else? Like, she, could you do something? <laughs> Couldn't quite right. That would require thought and innovative <laughs> thinking by myself. <laughs> um, and I also would have thought that, um, that, that, you know, House of Mirth would have proved otherwise by the time. I don't know. Yeah. I, and then there was a certain point where I was trying to decide whether I could actually do theater in between and whether that would be able to um, fit in. And, and so I didn't actually end up doing that much in that period of time and ended up instead um, just doing a lot of publicity for Fox <laughs> and traveling the world. Right. And 
and um, which uh, which on the one hand was was great. What do you remember about when I think of playing by heart? I think of you. I think of uh, John Stewart. I yeah, think, yeah, I think yeah. of a dog. Yeah, yeah. I think of Sean Connery. Oh, Angelina Jolie. Angelina, for there, there out she loud. is again. There She's she is again. <laughs> I guess whatever, Angelina. Yes, yeah. of course. Jenna Rollins. It was an amazing cast. Amazing. What cast. What do you remember? Yeah. You, you I, I remember John. Mostly, what I remember is John Stewart because we had most of those scenes together. Um, did, did, did you have a sense that this was one of our great acting talents that was going to... You know to what was funny? is we, we talked on the phone a couple times when he was trying to make the decision about whether he was going to take this thing yeah, that was on HBO and it was quite a big decision and et cetera. And it, it's so hard to think of him now without thinking of him in that context. Yeah. It just he has made it his own um, uh, and obviously is shot to the moon. Um um, but yeah, it was a, as you can imagine, a massive amount. And he was having trouble at the time because his dog wouldn't go to the bathroom outside or something like that. The dog, no, problem, this yeah. is his own personal problem that oh. they were struggling <laughs> with. Was that they had this dog that was really struggling to go to. Oh. Um, it would had like um, not necrophilia. What's the other, what's the other <laughs> word? What's the other Breaking word? news. Yes. Um, I don't know. Did <laughs> it have a urinary tract? It was like an agoraphobic oh, dog, okay. and it would get too frightened of being outside. I think I'm remembering that correctly. I'm going to set um, the record straight. Hopefully, I'm talking too soon. He's directed his first movie, so hopefully I'll catch what up. What he has? Yeah, has he? Rosewater. Um, it's supposed to be really good, oh, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so it seems like you're extremely busy. You've shot already season two of the Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, happy with that, obviously. Hannibal. Very happy. It's going to be really good. It's going to be better than the first season. Thank you. Oh, that's good. Yes, it is. Well, you haven't even gotten to three and four and five yet. Gets better? It does get better. So it already. It and really and uh, Hannibal, have you already shot your stuff? No, I haven't shot myself in Hannibal. That starts uh, this year in October. Mm-hmm. In October. Yes, now. This is October. It starts <laughs> soon. Correct. Imminently. Around the corner. Yes. Um, are you prepared for the eventuality that one day, I mean, first of all, you're going to be asked the rest of your life when the next X-Files movie is, and you've mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. reconciled that, but then you're also going to be asked about the inevitable reboot or prequel or whatever, cartoon, spinoff. Does it feel like, what, was there a tipping point where you kind of like went, I'm sick of X-Files, I'm sick of the questions, and now I'm cool with it again? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, definitely. I mean, there was definitely a point where th- there was there was an immediate knee-jerk reaction to anything that had to do, I just could not yeah. even talk about it. Um, and then there was a certain point where it kind of settled down to the bottom of the ocean, and um, and it, it, you know, I surfaced again and was able to hold conversation about it without being either offended or um, right. <laughs> or and also, bored I, or, yeah. I, I would think you again you gain the confidence of a body of work now that you can point to a, a bunch of things that exactly. you're extremely proud of. Yeah, exactly. And and I think the farther away we have gotten from it, the more people realize what. Um, um, an iconic series it was and the impact that it had and continues to have on television today and so obviously being a part of something like that becomes more cool than anything my, my kids know nothing about it my little ones and um, and it's it's I'm I'm really I'm not okay there's two things I'm looking forward okay. to obviously there's Closing like the, the, the ego no 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 <laughs> there's the there's the ego surrounded around my kids actually discovering what a cool show I used to be on <laughs> I, I have to say out loud that I'm really excited about that, but also just excited f- um, for it for them in their future that they have still have that to look forward to. Yeah. You know, when I've done Comic Cons in the past, there are new generations of kids that um, you know parents bring their child and say, "This is my teenager. I've just introduced him to the X Files, right. and he's a fan. And on you know on these nights we sit down and we watch it together. And <laughs> I just want to say I'm so happy." <laughs> And his name is Mulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Uh, in our remaining moments, I've got this weird little fedora with some random questions. You want to pick a question or I'm two? I'm glad it's a fedora. It's an Indiana Jones fedora. You gotta pay homage to the greats. Not the Indiana yeah, Jones fedora. I stole fedora. it from <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden I ran. <laughs> you, uh, can I can I rummage? You can rummage. Take your time. And wait, I got, what, I got nowhere to go. do I have to do some, what it says? There's no dare. Don't oh, worry. You're not okay, going to have to like okay. do a somersault or anything. Okay, so what, do you preface it by? Oh, this is. Let's I have go. a question. You're, you're asking yourself. Beard or mustache? Definitely beard. beard. I am a huge, huge, huge beard fan. I feel like you're staring. <laughs> sorry, at me. I'm sorry. I'm kind of on the spot, but I kind of like it too. I am a huge <laughs> beard fan. Okay. Yeah, you I need really a am. Okay. I'm, I do need a moment. Okay. Woo! The vapors. Reclamped. Uh, is that more? the only one I get? Yeah, oh, no, I get more? more? Oh, yeah. this is you, good. You, you this can is good. determine your own end point. Oh, I it can? feels right. I can, and we're not running out of time? We're good, we're good. Uh, worst injury I've ever had. What? <laughs> oh, worst I injury. Interview. Okay, I thought you said interview, and I was like, <laughs> worst that's interview. <laughs> Well, clearly this one. Um, worst injury I've ever had. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I ended up in hospital um, sliding down the stairs. I hurt my back. Oh, oh but you know what? Last year, for about a year and a half, I had a frozen shoulder. And it was... Frozen um, shoulder? Mm -hmm. I didn't know they existed. Yeah. But this tiny event happened on the set of cri the series that he called Crisis. And, and it, 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 it started something, which turned into me not being able to move my left arm. And I can um, get in the way. Which is fine. I still can't move it like above that, and I, I need to start it. This is crazy. I can't do my my bra from the back is terrible. I have to ask people to help me. I'm joking, but um, no. But <laughs> I'm there for you anytime you need me. <laughs> I did actually have to ask a, um, a limo driver once. I I got home and nobody was in the house, and my zip was up to here. And I had to, I shut the door, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be sleeping in this dress all night long. And last night, <laughs> I went back outside, I said, look, I'm really sorry. And I'm not, I promise you, this won't, I won't mention this to anybody, which, of course, I'm betrayed now. right now, yeah. But um, would you mind coming in my house and undoing my zipper? <laughs> <laughs> so the How guy, many a sketchy film has begun. <laughs> so he did, he came in, and he goes, I'm sorry, but can I have a picture? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an even trade. It is. I thought it too. We, we did a picture. Yeah. I'm sure he showed his wife. And I, so um, that was not my worst injury. I was talking about. But it was about your most entertaining one, though. I, but yes. Okay, here's another one. Okay. Oh, no, no, no okay. karaoke. Okay. You don't want me to see. But in Streetcar, I sang for the first time really publicly. Other than Scully had to sing Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but sing it really bad. That's, that's always the way to go. But uh, Streetcar, I got to sing. Not so bad. Time. I, I wish I were better at. Um, oh, so many things. I wish I were better at memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's wait for if an I, actress. If I had three, you just did a three and a half hour play. I know, but that's different. But memory, uh, remembering, uh, just remembering anything, remembering facts, remembering history, remembering just anything. I'm remembering yesterday. Really hard for <laughs> we me. We have those 201 episodes. But if I was given three wishes like a genie said mm -hmm. three wishes, I have to say it would definitely be probably two. Number two. Number two would be? Memory. Okay. <laughs> What's number one? Number one would be to bring my brother back who died a few years ago at age 30. And number three would be time travel. <laughs> I've thought about this really hard. Well, you can tell. But number two easily. would definitely be memory. This is what I feel. In 20 years, I will be... A best-selling author. Oh, yeah. She brings it back full circle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> book number 12, New York Times best-selling <laughs> book of list. A vision of volume 29 <laughs> there in 20 years. There and, you go. And, uh, the fall entering season 19 by then. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot to uh, uh, congratulate you on. Congratulations on the book. The fall coming soon. Hannibal, you're working too much. Just take a break. Calm down.
lovely to meet you. Thank you.